So how are sales going? How are they really going? Today, we're going to talk about maximizing your sales, and we're going to talk about some proven sales techniques and your ability to close more deals. Let's cue the intro, and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. What's up? What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited that you joined me today because we're going to be talking a little bit about some sales. Gosh, this is a huge topic, and we're going to spend a very concise amount of time on it today. We could dig into this for hours and hours. And, uh, you know, honestly, there's so much to talk about when it comes to sales, but I want to talk about it in relationship to choreography. Obviously, this is the Business Choreography Podcast. So today we're going to be discussing maximizing sales. And we're going to talk about some proven techniques for closing more deals, right? And this is stuff I hope that many of you know, but I'm hoping that maybe if I say it in a different way, if I bring it up in a slightly different manner, that you will be able to hear it and or at least hear where there might be some deficiencies or where you might not have leaned in and learned enough about this particular element of sales. And so we want to talk about some of those things. And and again, don't tune out if you already know one of these things, like ask yourself, hey, could I optimize that or could I do that a little bit better or maybe just hang in there and wait for some of the other things that we touch on in today's episode and take note of where you need to actually spend a little bit of time because I found as a business owner myself and in helping other business owners that we kind of go through waves. You might have felt this already. We go through waves where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm really learning about this one thing or I'm really implementing and and putting this one element or this one concept or strategy in. And then you kind of get bored and it's doing this thing. So you just forget about it. And then it goes through that wave and it kind of gets to a peak and you think to yourself, gosh, that's really working well. And then it starts to trail off. And in the meantime, you've gone off to do other things in your business. That happens to a lot of us. That happens to the best of us. And I help fix that in people's businesses on a regular basis because I get back to something like some of the things we'll mention today. And the business owner inevitably says, well, yeah, I did put some focus into that for a while and it worked. And then I have to ask the inevitable question of why did you stop? And they said, well, this thing came up and then that other thing came up and then I started doing this or basically the gist of it was they got bored. Are you guilty? Ask yourself, am I guilty of getting bored doing one of the things that I did in business? It worked, but then I stopped doing it. I see business owners do it all the time. Hey, you made money with that strategy. Hey, you ran that campaign and it brought in six figures. Why aren't you doing it again? Oh, I don't know. It was a lot of work. I didn't feel like doing it again. Oh my goodness. This is huge. So without further ado, Let's jump in and let's talk about the first thing, building rapport and understanding needs. 
this is huge. For those of you that might be new to the podcast, I have a huge background in uh, neurolinguistic programming, otherwise known as NLP. I got certified ages and ages ago, maybe 20 years ago, and am a master practitioner in neurolinguistic programming. This stuff is thrown around a lot these days in the current uh, biz business atmosphere, and people talk a lot about getting and building rapport with your customer. Now, here's the first thing I'm going to talk about is when you are selling, the first thing you have to get out of your mind is that you are selling. Your customer, the person that's there, is probably there talking to you, right? Because you offered something, you showed that you were proficient at something. Now they're showing up and all you're doing is you're assessing where they're at and what their needs are. And if your product can fulfill their needs, then there's a sale that happens. But if you are trying to be snake oil, selling them something that they don't need, then please stop. Please stop that right now. Don't quit trying to sell people stuff they don't need. This is not a good thing, right? And that's potentially not your business. I, you, would, you would assume that maybe some of the things that you've seen out there are selling people stuff they don't need. But that's another conversation. For us, let's talk about the fact that your solution solves somebody else's problem. And as they come to you to start speaking to you, you've got to get in good rapport because you've got to show them that you have something in common with them, that you both can actually talk about the subject and they can understand that you understand their problem. And the more they feel that you understand their problem, the more likely they will believe that you can solve it. This is huge. So for us, when we're building rapport, we've got to do all sorts of great things. One of them could easily be just mirroring and matching, getting in and getting in sync with them, getting in alignment with them. You hear this all the time, get in alignment with your customer. Notice I didn't say get in their box because they have a problem. They have trouble that they're trying to figure out, a challenge they're trying to get out or get through. You don't need to get in their box, but you do need to align with them. You need to sit so to speak, metaphorically, or if you're there with them physically, you need to sit on the same side of the table as them, not across from them. You're not an adversary. This is not, you know, throwing punches back and forth. This is how can I align with you? How can I help you? How can I be of assistance to solve your challenges and help you move to the next level of whatever, whatever it is that you're doing? And it doesn't matter what you're selling. This can be applied to all things. And it doesn't matter if you're talking face-to-face -face or if you're doing it through a sales funnel. There are plenty of ways to get in alignment and build that rapport. This is huge. You have to understand your customer's needs. And that's why people talk so heavily about understanding your ideal customer profile. Because you have to get in and understand where they're coming from. What are they thinking? What are they worried about? What are they needing help with? And if you can understand that, you can start talking to them in a way that they will feel like you're in alignment. And you can do that through a sales funnel, a VSL. You can do it face-to-face -face over the phone. You can have your, your sales team do this for you if you happen to have a sales team. But the important part here for you to remember is that rapport must be built and alignment is crucial in building that rapport. If you get on with me and I say, I don't like you straight away. Well, okay. That's a bit obvious. We, we were obviously meeting and butting heads and it shows that there isn't rapport, but it's more deep than that. It's noticing, Hey, he's got a Yoda on the back of his, uh, you know, setup there. He must like star Wars. So you point out in the beginning, Hey, seems like you might like star Wars. I see your Yoda in the back. Yeah, I do. And you go, Oh yeah. My son's really into star Wars. 
you might not even be into Star Wars, but there's a, a little connection, a little bridge. Oh, really? Your son loves it. That means that you are you know about it and you're into it. So there's lots that you can do to build rapport and really understand your customer needs. If they have a particular need and you have the solution for that need, you've got to show them that you understand those needs, that maybe you've gone through it. Maybe you've experienced it. Maybe you've built something that was particular for that need. You've got to get in and understand that. So between building rapport and needs, this is huge for being able to maximize your sales, regardless of what type of sales you're doing. All right, let's jump into the next thing because I could talk about that all day long. So next up, overcoming objections. Let's talk about overcoming objections. This is interesting because an objection doesn't mean that they don't want your product or service. An objection oftentimes just means that they don't know that your thing does what you know it does. And that's kind of a very simplistic way of saying it, but I want you to really think about this. When somebody has an objection, when you have had an objection to buying something, usually it's because you don't know if it does or will solve your problem or your need in a way that is important to you. Hey, I'm buying this guitar for my son. All right, the, the salesperson's asking me, well, do you really need a $10,000 guitar? And I'm like, well, it seems like it's the best one. Well, you know, what are you using it for? My son wants to learn how to play the guitar for the first time. Oh, okay, great. And let's maybe start with a starter guitar. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow, you really have my best interests. Because as the seller, you should have your buyer's best interests in mind. One sale will not make it the business. So you should have your buyer's interests in mind. I have had some of the best mentors ever that have been able to sell anything to anyone. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so those same mentors came to me or I went to them and they had a service and they said to me, you know what? Our service right now is not what you need. But can I direct you to the person that has exactly what you need? You think, well, gosh, that just gave away the sale. No, actually, I ended up going back and getting from my mentor what it is that they served, but I didn't need it yet. And so they passed me on to somebody that actually could solve the problem. Guys, when you do this, you are building the ultimate rapport, what we just talked about, and the ultimate connection where there is a, a sort of trust that you've set up with each other. You've put something in the bank and now they're coming back and going, yeah, you were looking out for me. And I appreciate that. You weren't just after a quick buck. Because if you want your business to last, you can't be after a quick buck. You know that and I know that, right? So we can't do that. So in overcoming objections, oftentimes you have to be able to talk to them about their objections, understanding full well that they're just concerned that your thing might not actually handle something that they're doing. So that means that you can go back and you can describe whatever you need to about their objection to be able to get them back onto the same plane saying, yes, our solution is the case. That is super important. And I mean, I, I this is probably needless to say, but don't lie. If your thing doesn't solve that objection, don't lie. Just say, maybe this isn't for you. And that's fine. They might actually reverse and start going, well, maybe it is, but I really want this service. And you go, well, I don't know. It's not really going to solve that. And they might actually come back around. That's called a takeaway sale. Right? So there's lots of things that you can do there. But realize when they have objections, you have to be able to say, okay, this is the relevant information for how to alleviate that objection. 
but realize that objection is not a no. And I know for a lot of you out there, if you're just new at sales or you haven't had much practice, sometimes you hear an objection and you start running, you run away for life. And, uh, and the objection doesn't mean that they're saying no, it just means that they have an objection. Some people will have an objection and you can't actually solve the objection, but you try to actually get back in alignment with them and they're fine keeping the objection. Sometimes you say, well, our service might not actually fix that objection, but it still would be worth it based off of all the other things that you need. And people will buy things even though they still have an objection or have something that's unresolved. If the rest of the things in your, in your sale of the product or service still apply. So realize that you've got to have some practice overcoming objections. So here's what I'm going to suggest you do before we move on to the next one. Write down every objection. Literally, get a note card out, get a piece of paper, put it on a spreadsheet, get every objection. And if you are the one doing the selling, then you need to do this. If you have a sales team doing it, then you need to have them practice doing this. But you need to write down every objection and any plausible option to overcome that objection. And then you can practice. Have your spouse or your business partner or another sales professional with you go back and forth and you can say, so what do you think? And they say, well, actually I have this objection. And you just start practicing the objections and how you're going to overcome those objections. It should be natural. It needs to be flowing. You can't get on a sales call and look up your thing and go, well, you just said this. And so I'm going to say that, no, you have to practice ahead of time. Just like anything else, you have to have the choreography pre-done before you step out on the floor to dance that choreography. You can't just go out and wing it, right? So we want to get that choreography done. And this is a great way to do it. List them all out, pretty simple, and then practice what that objection overcome would be. And maybe come up with two or three because you might remember one in the in the heat of battle, so to speak, and it might be easier for you to uh, use. So make sure you do that. Go do that today. If you haven't done that, if you haven't done it for yourself or if you haven't done it for your sales team, it's a great exercise to do with your sales team if you have one or even a sales professional. Hey, let's go through. What are the most common objections you're getting? Okay, great. What are the overcoming of those objections. What are the solutions for those things? Now let's practice those. Sometimes just saying them two or three times makes it easier when you get on the next sales call. And that is huge. Okay, let's jump into the next thing. And the next thing is following up before and after a sale. This is huge. And I won't spend a huge amount of time on this, but one of my mentors always says the fortune is in the follow-up. Now that's huge because it is on the front end before the sale happens. You've got to follow up. One of the most extreme versions of that is we followed up with a client that we had messaged probably for about a year before they purchased. Now think about that. It wasn't the right time and we understood it wasn't the right time, but we just kept checking in. And so then they got back to us and then we checked in again. And you know what? We have a great follow-up sequence because the fortune is indeed in the follow-up. You have to have a system for following up. If you don't have a system for following up, you need to create one or get one done for you. This is stuff that we do all the time. We implement strategic follow-up systems. Why? Because you can't accidentally follow up with your clients. That's not going to work. Remember, it's not about you. You might think to yourself, well, I don't have to follow up. Why should I have to follow up? If they really wanted it, then they just get it. No, that's not true. It's not true for you either. There are plenty of times that you've wanted something, especially on a, let's say you were looking at an online website or a funnel and you wanted it, but then 
the dog ran out the door and the kids started screaming. The baby was yelling and you dropped what you were doing and went and did it. You, you know, you wanted that thing. You were going to get it, but then life happened. It is important for us as the seller to go back and follow up, make sure that we continue to be in their face and that's okay. Right? There's a lot to be said for that follow up. Now, even after the sale, this is huge for retention because what's the next thing that they could buy from you? What is the benefit of having them on board? What is the benefit of having them not cancel or refund or do a chargeback? Those benefits are huge. So make sure after they buy, after they have purchased, first of all, if you don't have a follow up sequence, for that, you need to create one. If you don't have that all planned out, we would sometimes call it onboarding, depending on the, the service that you're offering. But you should always have a follow-up system. Even if it's just a single product, you should have a follow-up system afterwards, asking them how they liked it, showing them different benefits or features that you could use on that product. Send them emails to check and make sure that they are in good shape with the thing that they bought, and they will be so much more likely to buy something from you in the future. And you can then also sell them something in the future that might work for them as well. So there's a lot of really great things to do with follow-up. The fortune is indeed in the follow-up. Okay, so I went through as quick as we can. Honestly, we could spend hours and days and whole courses on each one of those topics and on the overall whole of sales topics as a whole. But I wanted to make sure that we went over that because a lot of you might be listening and go, oh yeah, I know I need to go back and I need to do some more on that. So I want you to think about that right now before we end today's episode. I want you to think about the things that we talked about, right? We talked about building rapport and customer needs. We talked about overcoming objections and we talked about following up and staying in touch with your customers. Where are you lacking? Where do you have to go back and fill in the blanks? Where are there holes in what you're doing? Where could you use some improvement? Maybe all of those things are doing well, but maybe you're ready to really just up your game. Well, take a look at those things. And of course, as usual, if you need any help, please reach out. This is what we do all the time, but we are excited to give you some of this information and really have you go put it to work. So go do it, go put it to work, go put something in action, take one of these things and put it into action today. And until next time, we'll see you later for the Business Choreography Podcast. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.